getting liberated from corporate America, it, it's scary as a heart attack, but you should be having fun doing it. There should be more joy that you experience. So that's another reason why I do it. I like people to experience joy and happiness and fulfillment. And as you know, um, a lot of the time, it, it really just comes from your own from your own hands and your own heart and your, right. your motivation. Move, make a decision, go big, think big. You can have this and that. Mm-hmm. And you know, the thing too, Meg, is once you are able to, um, you know, get outside of your box of what you see and experience in corporate, like you recognize once you surround yourself <laughs> with other people who make this way of life happen and are experiencing independence and freedom, it does a lot for even changing your your vision of what's possible and, and, yeah. and your confidence. Get out of the way, comfort zone. Picture yourself kicking your comfort, your warm cocoon, your quote-unquote safety net out of your way. Now, if in your mind you can't quite physicalize that comfort item, well, here's one that I know I held on to for a while. It was a job in corporate America. I held on to it with the belief that it was the safe the normal, the privileged, and expected choice. Now, while it is a great choice for some, for others, it's nothing more than a tolerable and comfortable choice. My guest on the show today, Meg Schmitz, franchise guru or self-proclaimed cross between an executive recruiter, wealth manager, and therapist, is a champion for leaping out of the comfort nest. 30 years ago, Meg owned a Great Clips franchise in the greater Chicago area. She then grew that to two, three, and ultimately five locations in 11 years. Now, her reputation of success grew as her Great Clips achieved steady growth, low turnover. She received a fantastic offer for her five-unit business, which she accepted, then later walked away with, with generous compensation and armed with a ton of knowledge. Now having bought and sold these franchises and reflecting back on her own experiences of stepping away from corporate. Now her next steps became very clear. So as a franchise consultant, which she is today, she really found her groove and now understands that that passion is helping others achieve the professional success and personal freedom that they should have. She wanted to share her experience of successfully living an abundant life on her own terms with others. You do not want to miss my conversation with Meg Schmitz. We're going to get into it after the theme song. So the big question is this. How do we ambitious professionals avoid the slow moving career, take control of our time and get paid for two things? doing what excites us, and making an impact bigger than anyone ever thought was possible? That is the question, and this podcast has the answers. My name is Candace Spears, and welcome to Ambition, Honey, and Hustle. goodness, I am so excited for my conversation today because I have on the show a woman 
who is like, oh my gosh, the words that she says, I just, I, I live and swear by them <laughs> every day. So Meg, it's Meg, welcome to the show. It is great to be with you. I love your energy. Every time we talk, it's just, you've got such great energy. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I think, I think we're about to have a, a conversation that is, it's at least near and dear to, to my heart. And so I, I really want to dig into your journey a bit from an entrepreneurial standpoint, because um, you're big on helping people leave corporate America um, and, and really embody and, and do the work um, that allows them to have an independent and free lifestyle. So first off, why are you doing what you're doing today? I am fundamentally at heart somebody who likes to help people make transitions. And I think I had um, explained when we first spoke that um, going all the way back to when I was a, a little girl, my mom was a founder of a hospice. And so she used to do this. She would hold her, her palms up and say, from lily pad to lily pad, from life to death, it's the greatest transition any of us is ever going to make. And so I carry that, that spirit with me as I'm working. And, you know, it should be getting, getting liberated from corporate America. It, it's scary as a heart attack, but you should be having fun doing it. There should be more joy that you experience. So that's another reason why I do it. I like people to experience joy and happiness and fulfillment. And as you know, um, a lot of the time, it, it really just comes from your own, from your own hands and your own heart and your, right. your motivation. Right, right. And that's, you know, the thing I found, and from experience, right, is when you have spent a lot of time in corporate America, as I like to say, raised in corporate America, yes. <laughs> when that has happened to you, um, your perception sometimes and your view on what's possible and, and, and what it takes in the world can be so distorted. Have, have you yeah. seen that with people? Absolutely. I, um, I work with displaced executives and there's nothing like that. I call it the pink slip disorder. There's post-traumatic stress disorder, but there's a pink slip disorder. They're like, oh my God, I, I don't have my rat maze to run through every day. What do I do? I don't, I don't know who I am. I have no value. No one wants me. I mean, I hear it all. I, really, I do. I'm an armchair psychologist. I hear it all. Um, but, it, but it is true that for a lot of people, that's a, a comfort zone and a safety mechanism. And that's fine. Go back to corporate America. It's fine. But for the people who have that... Um, who have that take charge. I don't want to be led, I want to be the leader. Um, that's where the real freedom comes from as they, um, as they try to make this transition. And that's why I'm here to help because I've done it myself. And um, it's, a, it's a great personal reward for them when they realize they don't need the rat maze in order to make it in life. Right, right. So I want to dig into your story a little bit. So talk to me about that time when you made that transition from, you know, the rat race into independence. What was that like? So there were kind of two iterations. The first one, I was married to now my, my ex-husband, and he went to a franchise expo, and he came home and said, 
well, I've decided we, if we're going to get anywhere, we need to have a secondary line of income and, and that's by owning a business. So I've picked out this great clips franchise. And so that's what we're going to do. And so I did get drag Candace kicking and screaming into that. <laughs> one. Um, but, but as I, as I realized the incredible freedom available, you have such a beautiful smile. So as oh. I recognize the, the incredible freedom that was in front of me, once I, I, I grabbed for the carrot and I realized that if I, if I would stop fighting it and take ownership of it, there would be financial freedom. But then, as my son has said to me, mom, I didn't know that you owned a business. I thought you were just a stay-at-home mom. You were there when I got on the bus and you were there when I got off the bus. That, I mean, think about the power of that for raising your children. And yet I was part of a franchise, so I had guardrails and guidelines and I didn't have to, I didn't have to make anything up from scratch. Um, so mm -hmm. I, I, that was my, my first entree into business ownership was as a franchise owner. Mm -hmm. But what I also realized as a franchise owner is that my organization was mine and it was up to me to create a culture that would uh, enable my employees to make a great living and want to continue to work for me. So I got to, I guess, get my feet wet as an entrepreneur with the safety net of franchising. And mm -hmm. I, I really grabbed onto that one. Um, I, in a high turnover industry, I had more than half of my employees, when I, when I sold, more than half of my employees had been with me for more than seven years. And that's wow. really, that's a testament to the culture that we created together. Um, right. And then the second time I, I became an, a real entrepreneur um, is when I married my husband, and, mm -hmm. um, or when I met my husband. He has been an angel investor and in working with early stage entrepreneurial startups. And so I learned a lot about um, the world of entrepreneurship that does not have that safety net. It does not have the guardrails. These people are creative, free thinkers. Um, I like to say that they're either um, an executive entrepreneur or a creative entrepreneur. And mm -hmm. so I've learned a lot about um, now as a business owner that is not a franchise, um, that, that first experience of building a culture was really meaningful and helping me to navigate now as, as a true entrepreneur. We've got four or five entities that are ours outright and they're not franchised. So I have migrated mm -hmm. into be, being both franchise and entrepreneur. Wow. You know, when you talk about Meg, um, <laughs> what you said, your son, it was your son, right? Your son? Yeah. 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 When you say you're a son, oh, I thought, I just thought you were a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> there, there, <laughs> there is something though, so powerful in that statement. And I, I, I don't want to gloss over it. I have to come back to it because, um, you know, as a woman who spent a lot of time in corporate <laughs> and to be honest, spent a lot of time heading out the door before my children woke up, and being home oh, yeah. after, right? They had, had eaten dinner. Like it's almost like you lose time, and for what <laughs> is is that ending? What right. are you building? Have younger, be younger children that are school age or growing, growing. You know, there is something to having that freedom. And at least that was that was one of the pieces. Like, hey, 
I want to be able to go and just get kids in the middle of the day. Any yeah. The screen is freezing a little bit, but I think I get the gist of it. it is, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, there's so much, and it's not just women. There are a lot of men now who are, uh, who are turning into full-time dads, um, mm -hmm. whether they're single parents or not. Yeah, and so there's a lot more engagement in men also, but gosh, you know, I mean, think about COVID and the whole lockdown and how you, with young children, mine is almost 30, so I don't have one at home, but mm -hmm. now it's like we've gone the other way, like we've got too much time and now we really, really <laughs> all, the, all the things that our educators are doing. But to your question, absolutely. There are so many people who, when they first start to engage with me, and I'm really looking to peel the layers back and get to know these people. Um, I want to know if it's a man about his wife, his lifestyle and money. And if it's a woman who's the breadwinner and wants to make the change, I want to mm -hmm. know about her relationship with her husband and their lifestyle and their money. And those three things run through every conversation. And always, it's always, I would like it's like being on your deathbed. I, I would like to have more time with my family and with my kids. So if I'm going to own a business, it has to fit in with the rest of the family and the way that we live our lives. Right. So they are, right. as they're looking to migrate away from corporate, family time, personal time, um, time, time that your boss or your company sucks out of your life. It's not, yeah. it's <laughs> not it, they take your quality time. Mm -hmm. I take your quality time. And I know how painful it was because it was for me. I was a corporate person for a while before we started with Great Clips. Mm -hmm. And yeah, grabbing my son when he was so little and getting him out of bed and putting him in the car and taking him to daycare. And the number of times he just grabbed me around my legs. And, you mm. know, I, I wanted to grab him right back and say, yeah, this isn't fulfilling for me. <laughs> I'd, rather, <laughs> I'd rather be here with you, but... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, you know, when you think about franchise ownership and you think about entrepreneurship, what, what are those things, um, that people should be just considering in their head? Like they know they want to be their own boss, but some people only feel like the only way is to build a business myself from scratch. Like how do they think through that? Yeah, I, and I work with a lot of people who are going to do just that. And, and there are certain personality traits that really make an entrepreneur an entrepreneur and not a franchipreneur or a franchise owner. A franchipreneur is kind of somewhere in between. And I've got mm -hmm. businesses that will allow people to be very entrepreneurial and put their stamp on it every day. And then we've got other businesses that are, um, if you think about like a McDonald's where everything every minute, every second is, is really scripted. So right. for people who are, who are first thing, and especially right now, these last 90 days sitting at home with like, I don't want to go back to work. What else could I do? So there are a lot of people who are just organically doing searches right now on business ownership. And a lot of people don't know that someone like me exists, that I'm, I'm like a real estate agent and, a, and an executive recruiter armchair psychologists all wrapped into one <laughs> and I can help them navigate that but there so there are people who have a business plan in mind already and of course there are resources available but those resources are available to people who have zero clue how to build like I, I 
well, I've started some entrepreneurial endeavors and they've failed miserably. But with mm -hmm. a franchise, there's a business model in place already. So if you're somebody, like there's certain personality types that do really well in franchising. Mm -hmm. um, anyone who's played on a sports team, you know, you think about franchise mm -hmm. baseball, franchise football. Anyone who's played on a sports team is going to do really well. Women mm -hmm. tend to do really well in franchising because we're just too busy to start from scratch. Give mm -hmm. me a recipe. I can make a great German chocolate cake, but don't send me to the store without a recipe. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm not going to go... <laughs> Right. Wander through figure out how we're going to put this together. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that maybe that's really a good analogy is that an entrepreneur is going to take ingredients that are in the refrigerator, freezer, and in the cabinet, and they're going to they're going to make something from scratch. And mm -hmm. a good franchise owner is going to say, "Yeah, I'm going to pull the box off the shelf. I'm going to read the directions, and I'll have a beautiful meal to give to my family." So, mm -hmm. those it's probably a good analogy for for what type of person is gonna go which way. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I sit and wonder how many people, not even how many people, but for those that are sitting at their job today and they wanna do something different, they wanna be their own boss, um, like what, what their biggest challenge is for them, that biggest, hurdle in just taking the leap franchise ownership or entrepreneurship like what have you seen as that biggest challenge the biggest challenge is actually kind of kicking them out of the nest right now and that is the confidence to go and do it right now there are a lot of people who who are out of work and they're going to be out of work unfortunately but i think it's the confidence but again that's why i'm here is to help them really explore what are the skills that they need to be able to tap into? It's not just mm -hmm. money, it, um, but there are skill sets that you need to have in order to run a business. So I, for when we're in a strong, confident economy, like we're just coming out of, there are mm -hmm. a lot of people who had a husband or a wife who said, come on, Ron, you know, you've got such a great job right now. Why would you give, why would you give up that security? Mm -hmm. And that's a perception. And so there are a lot of exercises that I lead people through. And, and you went through this. You had to do it yeah. for yourself. <laughs> that's why I'm smiling. So I'm like, yep. I feel like I've heard that. You've got that great job, that great, you know, cushy corporate six. No. That's, <laughs> that's, but I think that's, not that's like a, that's just human nature. And that's a tendency that I see. Um, not just from a corporate person, but if you're in a bad marriage or if you're in any kind of a situation, you're, you're living in an apartment building, you've got bad neighbors, you're not a tree, you don't, your, your roots aren't in the ground and you can't ever move, move, mm -hmm. make a decision. But that's mm -hmm. where there has to be the inner resolve to do it. Um, and sometimes it does take just the support mechanism of a family or, or the network of friends in order to build that person up. I do mm -hmm. see, and you've probably seen this too. I, I'm curious, did, did you have naysayers who said, Candace, this is never going to work? Not that said this is never going to work, but um, I definitely had some, okay, well, um, make sure you leave on good terms. Make sure you leave the door open because you may be back. You may be like, like I had a lot of that. <laughs> and that plant said, <laughs> that seed of doubt, like, am I, am I crazy? Am I really leaving a, a, a good situation or not? But 
Oh, well, and that's another point that I talk to executives about. If they really have a lot of um, street credibility and they've got a lot of value, they've got, um, they're getting a good paycheck and they know that they're maybe after the, this all passes, there'll be another job that comes. I present mm -hmm. people with a, with a thinking of, don't look at it as it's this or that. Look mm -hmm. at it as you can have this and that. Mm. Go big, think big. You can have this and that. When I got started with Great Clips, I still had a job for, I think it was three more years, four more years after we first got started. So I was working full time and I was building a business. Mm -hmm. But at some point then it allowed me to make the decision to say to my employer, thank you, but no thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, have, I have my safety net. And so I think that that abundance mentality is something that um, someone who's going to take the leap is going to, I, I certainly re I instill in that person the this and that, have more, you can have more. Um, mm -hmm. And in franchising, as well as being an entrepreneur, there are other people out there who have gone before you. Mm -hmm. And we are yeah. all, I'm sure you're like this too, happy to share best practices happy mm -hmm. to share with you my crash and burn situations, the things that you shouldn't, mm -hmm. <laughs> don't do that. It was a bad move on my part. <laughs> Take it from me. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and I think you're absolutely right. When you, when you talk about the, the this and that, I don't recall who I was talking to. I was talking to somebody else on somebody else's podcast, and um, we were kind of talking about that idea of, you know, side hustling as an entrepreneur um, side hustling and one of the things I think is so important is that you adopt that mindset that while you are in that nine-to-five you got to kind of shift to say hey I am bringing a service to this company and as well as I bring this service to this company I could choose to bring the service over here or over here or over there Bring it to me. And that's the thing about being self-employed. You'll never get fired again. Mm -hmm. You don't have the roadblock, the obstacles of people who have maybe an ulterior motive. Uh, they want your job. They don't want to see you rise. And there are blockers out there. The beautiful mm -hmm. thing about a side hustle is it, it does allow you to build that confidence. Right. That you're building into something for you. Mm -hmm. And no mm -hmm. one can ever take it away from you. You can, you can ruin it. You can, <laughs> you can run it <laughs> into the ground. But, but if you work the network of other business owners, and I think that's really why I have to thank Tamara and all the other people that I've met in Milwaukee recently, mm -hmm. and, and my own business network, um, mm -hmm. we're, we're there to build each other up and make sure entrepreneur franchise owner that you've got all the best practices and all the tools you need in mm -hmm. order to be successful. And the only person who's going who's gonna to take that away from you is you. Right, right. It's, incredi it's incredibly empowering. Mm -hmm. And you know, the thing too, Meg, is once you are able to, um, you know, get outside of your box of what you see and experience in corporate every day, right? People who act the way I do, who live the way I do, who blah, 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 blah. Like you recognize once you surround yourself <laughs> with other people who make this way of life happen and are experiencing independence and freedom, it does a lot for even changing your, your vision of what's possible and, and, yeah. and your confidence and all that. I love that. 
it. So I've got I, to ask I you. think that so tapping into that network, that's really the thing um, mm -hmm. that, that is hard for an entrepreneur because you're wearing all these hats. You're spinning all mm -hmm. these plates. You've got to be the marketing person and you've got to be the salesperson and you've got to look at your technology and you've got to manage your web traffic and you're doing everything. Um, right. And so right now, especially with the economic um, roadblocks that we have in the stoppage of, of consumerism, and, well, I guess if you're an Amazon consumer, you're pretty darn happy, but yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of entrepreneurs who are really... Um, suffering and I do mean suffering I'm getting emails and I was telling you about that first Friday networking group that I run yeah yeah and I just sent a poll to uh, about 80 of the regulars and I'm asking them how's business working for you what's not working for you did you see a sudden uptick and there are mm -hmm. people who it doesn't matter if they're entrepreneurs or franch franchise owners who are mm -hmm. seeing unprecedented growth and they don't know how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And then we've got mm -hmm. other ones who are experiencing unprecedented uh, downfall of, of or just uh, revenue dribbling into nothing or, or so little that they can't keep the doors open. And mm -hmm. so it, it, having that network of people, I think women are better about that. Mm -hmm. Not to a, it's not to a person, but I, I think women crave um, input from other people, and we're more willing to ask for help. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that whole willingness to ask for ask for help. I think there's something to that. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Oh, and I, I love this. You know, I've got to ask you just out of just some interest now where you're dealing with people and we've got like this soundtrack from my children who I think because they're in the basement, this is the fun of entrepreneurship. So I'd like to expose, you know, everything because I think they think they're in the basement that they can't be heard, but they're coming through the vents, but that's okay. <laughs> so, so either way, um, I've got to ask you just out of interest when people are, you know, choosing to start their, their franchise journey, have you ever encountered either some super interesting franchises that people want to start or um, just ones that exist out in the world that are just super interesting and people maybe would have never thought of? Like anything fun like that. So I am working with some entrepreneurs who are just getting started, but um, I do get asked all the time kind of what's hot? What is hot in franchising? But I think to your point, what, what's unusual? Every day, um, well, twice a week, let's, let's start there. Twice a week, my group at Franchise, we have a, a phone call. All of us as consultants get together and we're talking about what is doing unusually well. Um, what is, where we go, wow, I never would have thought of that. Mm -hmm. And so a really interesting example, absolutely grassroots. Um, we all go to a hairstylist or we get eyelash extensions business was closed, right? I think pretty much everywhere across the country. Mm -hmm. And as, as a consumer who has a respiratory situation, mm -hmm. I can relate to this. I am hearing a lot of hairstylists are being asked by their clientele if they would go into a private salon suite. And so we're just seeing them pop up all over the place where they're mm -hmm. shared. It's like a, it's like a WeWork. 
environment almost where you have your own private, you have your private locking studio where you control the sanitation, you control who comes in and who goes out and you're not in the big shared space, like a big hair salon where you've got 20 chairs and now you control the sanitation and clients are much more comfortable with that. Like I never would have thought that that would happen, but the people who are owners in that space, even though they weren't open for a while, they had a backlog of people who wanted to come in and I'm sorry, of hairstylists or cosmetologists who were mm -hmm. saying, as soon as you open, I want to open my own studio. I have the clientele. I'm bringing them with me. Um, wow. It's happening also in, um, because companies are, are now looking at downsizing or have downsized and mm -hmm. how much office space do they really need? There's a huge spike in demand for, um, a shared office space. Again, you've got your own private office or you've got a space mm -hmm. where, I mean, at least you can get out of the house, right? Who are yeah, right. have little kids at home? You're probably thinking about this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where <do> I go? <laughs> I've got Wi-Fi access. There are other people, but we can be socially distanced. I can control mm -hmm. who comes in and out of my office. Um, there's a commissary area. There's a lot of um, accountability of the other tenants and it's the same in the salon suite space there's mm -hmm. a they're all there because they want to have control over their environment mm -hmm. so that has been kind of unexpected but then where it comes to like really unexpected um mm -hmm. there are characters for rent so like mm -hmm. you could do a virtual birthday party for your, your son or your daughter and you can have captain america or um, pocahontas or you know, whoever um, mm -hmm. the character might be, um, have virtual tea party and mm -hmm. sing a birthday song to your kid. So that's a franchise. Wow. That's a good one too. Wow. Yeah. These are all things. And, and I bet in, in, in a lot of people's minds, like when they think about, well, I'll, I'll speak for me. <laughs> when, when you think about franchises, you may think about the, the, the bigger guys. I'm going to open a McDonald's or, you know, Burger King or this or that, but not realizing there's so many different options out there. It, and I would tell you another FAQ. Um, mm -hmm. so what's in food? Or, or people will say, you know, I'm scared of food. I don't want to do food. I'm like, good. You should be scared. And you don't have to do food. Franchising is not food. I don't think people mm -hmm. realize when they're driving down the street um, how many boutiques are franchise boutiques. Or mm -hmm. uh, there are resale shops that are franchises. There are estate sale companies that are franchises. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason that they work is that there are guidelines and they know what to expect from a cost point of view. So mm -hmm. it's people people have no idea how many options there are in business ownership that that if you can dream it it uh -huh. might be out there already mm -hmm. but um but yeah it's really fun to work with people who are out of the box thinkers and they don't want to do like they don't want to do a super cuts because it's already on every street corner they want right, to do something right. that's kind of under the radar where people will go wow that's really cool so i love those conversations Right. I love that. Like so many options, so many options. Um, so let's do this. I want to, I want to um, have you talk and tell people more about where they can find out and learn more from you. Meg, you know, if, if at this time 
you know, folks are listening and they're like, oh, this franchise thing, maybe I want to check it out. Where can people learn more from you? So I have been told that I'm very Googleable. Um, and if you type in my name, you will easily find me. So my website is megschmitz.com. Um, I've had a lot of opportunity to be interviewed. So there are a lot of articles, things like this, um, blog posts, interviews, um, regular published interviews. And so on my website, I, I have some content there um, that adds greater value. Um, and again, I think for people who want to have a conversation, please don't be intimidated. You can tell already I'm a very approachable, fun-loving kind of a girl. Mm -hmm, true. And, and it's a conversation, <laughs> right? It's a conversation, not a commitment. It's, it's an exploratory research project. And it's fun. I mean, it's just, for me, please call me because the world is such an incredible place and every person has a story to tell. And mm -hmm. I love people. Um, I think it's the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. We all are connected in so many interesting ways. Right. So from an organic standpoint, I just want to get to know you. And if franchise ownership is not your gig and it's not a good fit for you, well, we've had a great conversation or we've had a bunch of great conversations, but mm -hmm. now you're mine. And now I feel responsibility to help you. So to anyone who is still listening, um, you can just pick up the phone and call me or send me a text. Um, we'll make sure that, that uh, I, get on, I get on those all the time right mm -hmm. away because they, it's like somebody had the confidence to go ahead and do it. So I'm, I'm very mm -hmm. responsive. And what's that number? So what's that number right now? If somebody's listening or watching, they're like, shoot, I just need to. Call me now. <laughs> Call me now. The number, my one and only number. So it's really easy. It's 847-302-2601. Love it. I love it. I love it. And so for everybody listening and watching, I will also make sure that Meg's information is in the show notes at CandiceBeers.com. So you can grab it there as well if you happen to have missed it. Meg, this has been this has been an awesome conversation. I'm so happy that you took the time to be on the show. So thank you. Thank you. I've got to say, things are getting busy and and I love what I do, and I'm sure that you can tell. But from our conversation the other day. It is an absolute pleasure to spend time with you. I would take a call or help out with another podcast or do anything I can to help you. Thank you. Um, Thank you you're just a dynamic and really fabulous woman. Oh, thank you, Meg. I appreciate that. That is woo, my inspiration for the day. <laughs> All right. So everyone, please. As I always say, take what you heard and take some action. Don't just hold on to it because there's a lot of good stuff that they had to say. So take it and take some action. And I hope you all have a great day, a great evening, whenever you're listening or watching. And I'll talk to you again very, very soon.
You can find the show notes for this episode and just about all the other episodes on CandaceSpears.com. So go and check it out. Not only can you find the show notes, but you'll find other bonus resources, some freebies, some blog posts that may be helpful to you. There's plenty hanging out at my home base. So go to CandaceSpears.com. I guarantee you there will be some things there to help you on your bigger impact journey. Goodbye for now. Thank you.